So, uh, how'd you do tonight? Blues as usual? Yeah. <laughs> oh, darn. Now you won't be able to buy that beautiful fishing pole you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> when will I ever learn? <laughs> I get a open. No man presents live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. No ma'am is back in the nudie bar where everyone should be every Friday because this is the place to party. I'm here with the guy who keeps mouthing his whole card, Jerry. What is up, bro? Man, that is a lie. I uh, I won that hand. They all cheated. Mm-hmm. That's what they all say. That's what they all say. Uh, one guy who doesn't say that is... Joining us tonight, as always, the guy who just wants his $300 back, Justin. What's up, bro? I just really, really need my money back, dude. Even though I don't have a wife, uh, I'm going to be in trouble if I go home without it. So can I get it back? Hey, whoa, whoa. At least complain about them cheating like I did. Exactly. <laughs> it's always someone else's fault. Remember that. Oh. This episode is called The Poker Game. One evening, Al takes Steve to watch a poker game with his poker-playing friends. Steve gets the feel of the game and sits in for one of the men, but he ends up losing his paycheck to Al. From then on, Steve tries to avoid Marcy to avoid telling her the truth about their mortgage payment money while Al plans how he's going to spend his $300. Much like this show that we are on right now, in this episode, it's Friday night. Friday night's poker night. Uh, they Little do they know that it'll eventually become nudie bar night, but that's fine. It's still early in the show. It's Friday night. Uh, Al's going to go play poker. They always play at Russ's house. Morning. Hi, oh, Steve. Hi, Al. Glad I caught you before you left for work. I need a ride home tonight. Well, why can't Marcy take you? Saddle in the shop? <laughs> Marcy needs the car tonight for a women's group meeting What do they do, all pile in and look for men to run over? <laughs> Room for one more? <laughs> what do you say, Al? Ah, sure, why not? Meet me at the store And as we all saw in episode 2, Thinergy Steve works in walking distance to Gary's shoe store His bank, you know, he was able to I think it's in that, that sort of mall, the New Market Mall And, um He's able to walk there so they can go to work together and go home together. Uh, it's all good. And Oh, wait a second, Steve, I can't. No, no, I'm coming home late. Uh, I'm playing poker tonight. Oh, gee, Al, that's great. Another night I don't get to go out and do anything. Thank you, honey. Oh, honey, you don't want to go out on Friday night. Everyone and his wife is out on Friday. <laughs> oh, if it's okay with you, uh, I don't mind tagging along. Since we moved in, I haven't met a lot of guys in the neighborhood besides you. And uh, might be nice to meet somebody besides you. Fine. And uh, you might pick up a few pointers watching the old master play. 
Oh, yeah. Why don't you ask the old master about the time they picked him so clean he had to push the old car home? Hey, hey. Now, I was off my game that night. I was nervous. I couldn't concentrate on my cards. What with you being in the hospital having butt and all? <laughs> so, I, I, I got two things to say about this opening. If my fiancé asks, every Friday night is poker night, not the, I go to poker every Friday night and I just happen to lose... You know, fifty to one hundred dollars every Friday night and one dollar bills because we don't use chips. We use one dollar bills. That's how that happens. And wow. second, there's so many one-liners in this opening. I couldn't even like concentrate because I was laughing constantly. I mean, one of them is a big revelation about the birth of Al's son. <laughs> yeah, he was playing poker when Bud was born. <laughs> Peg was in the hospital, dialing and all this other stuff, and Al is playing poker this time it'll be different this time i have a goal see all the money that i make is gonna go towards that fishing rod and reel you ought to see it steve hey give me the catalog i'm reading it al <laughs> you ought to see it. it's great steve and it's only 275 dollars al this is none of my business or anything but if you really want something i found the best way to get it is through saving at the bank we have a little saying if you want to save money Save money. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You're so much wiser than all the other tellers I've met. <laughs> all except the automated ones. I'm not going to be a teller for long. You may laugh at me. And I do. But I have a way with money. I know how to save, I know how to invest, and I know how to make money grow. Give me $5, and I can find opportunities that other people miss with hundreds. <laughs> Yeah, give Al $5 and you just cashed his paycheck. <laughs> if you want to save money, save, save money. money. And I'm just like, yeah. that doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't give you any <laughs> advice or tip. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But it was so funny to me. Well, it's it's true. I mean, people, you know, if you want to lose weight, lose weight. You know, it's, it's almost like telling you that the world... Uh, overcomplicates very simplified problems in life. You know, yeah. if you have money problems, guys, then yeah. save money. Clearly, you know, uh, they, you know, everybody has different situations. But if you really look at, I mean, most of the time people spend frivolously, and then they'll complain about money. And if they, well, dude, don't go out to eat three times a week, dude. Don't buy a movie every Tuesday, dude. Stop going to the movie theater every Friday. You know. If people do certain, don't drink five nights a week. Don't smoke anymore. You know, like whatever it is, like there, you know, there's a lot of simple ways to do things that people find complicated. Stop eating pizza all the time and you won't gain weight. Stop with the ice cream every night, you know. Stop giving your money to bums so that they can buy prostitutes. Right, exactly. So, yeah, he's he's part of his own problem. So it's like, it's, it's like stop complicating everything. If you want to save money, save money, you know. So that's pretty funny. The best one-liner out of this opening, though, has to go to Al saying, you don't want to go out on a Friday night. Everybody and their wives goes out on a Friday night. Yeah, she's she's just not going to be part of that club. Well, what we find out, another revelation, not revelation, but first time, I think, that we get some insight about it, is that Steve's job, he's just a bank teller. Like, he's literally the guy at the window yeah. when you go to cash a check or something, and I mean, it's still above a shoe salesman, but it's, you know, not far. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad you said this because you're the one who said you couldn't believe it when it was revealed that Al's a shoe salesman because, you know, you saw his house and... Yeah, like, his... I make more than he would, like, with my right. job. <laughs> and, you know, I don't have all that stuff. <laughs> it's just funny to me, but, like, I love that they finally tell us what he does. Have we learned what um, Marcy does yet? Because I know, but I don't know if we've learned it yet. I don't think it was said out loud yet. Okay, it well, it's it's bank-related. She's in a higher position in the bank than he is. Mm. And, and she makes all the money. She is the... Yeah, she's the breadwinner. That's how why she laughed at Al the uh, a few episodes back, the tax episode. Is that all you make? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just looked it up. Shoe salesman salaries. Uh, this is today's rates in Nordstrom. It's eight seventy seven. J.C. Penney eight seventy two. Macy's eight seventy three. And in Foot Locker, you can get ten dollars an hour. But what's hmm. uh, does it say anything about commission? And what is the um, like minimum wage where you're at? A shoe, the average shoe salesman's salary is $17,000 a year, filtered by location, based on 27 salaries submitted anonymously. How can he afford all 17? Yeah, it's just that he has a family of, you know, three and the wife doesn't work. It just seems like, Jesus, it would be so hard. It, you'd be like scraping every penny oh. at that point. Yeah. Yeah, he would be a starving shoe salesman. It would all make sense. They get to the poker game. It's at Russ's house. What do you guys think of Russ's house? Okay, Russ is a black guy, right? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell from this, but Al, Alex, you might know from your, your knowledge um, of the show. Is he single? I don't recall seeing him in the future. Because, like, I only say that because, like, some of these guys we noticed from, like, the Neighborhood Watch. But with him, I was like, he's got to be the bachelor of the group because he has a poster of a barely dressed woman on his wall. And then like when you see other places in that room, you see like there's framed guns and stuff like that. And either, so either he has a really laxed wife who doesn't care about his man room or he is single. I think he's single. Cause even having the guys every Friday, like only the single guy could have everybody go to his house. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, he, well, his wife could be at the women's no, the women's group meeting with Marcy. Yeah. Right. Or she could be working nights or something, so. I, I just was wondering if it's ever spoken or not. I don't know why that bothered me, but it if, if I was putting money on it, if I was sitting at the table gambling and putting money on it, I would say that he was single. Are you going to uh, have a tell? I love the, the the whole poker night. Like, they, like I love the man talk. Uh, me I too, love... man. I really How... do as well. Do you do that? Do it? either you guys do that or have you done it in the past? Like building a woman thing? Uh, not the building a woman part, but just talking about like women in general. Like I've never been no, like, I mean like playing poker, like with the guys. Oh yeah. No limit. Like Texas Hold'em is my jam. Yeah. You do that still. Oh yeah. This day? See, I've always wanted to get into that because I, I used to play, uh, a lot of poker when I was like, actually like 15 or 16 at, at a neighbor's house. Um, and I just, I don't know anybody who does it now, but I, it just looks so fun. It looks like the perfect way to wind down on a Friday night after, you know, a week of work and just guy talk it up, you know? Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun, especially when you get a couple of guys together, you all throw $20 in and then play for, you know, the pot, like, cause one, you can't play poker without betting money. Cause it just doesn't, 
if, if you do it's it, it's not fun. Yeah, you have to have the money involved. But like, so my dad has poker tournaments a lot, and um, I remember when I my mom kicked me out of her apartment, and I had to move from Alabama to Georgia with my dad. And uh, like, I got kicked out for bad reasons, so it wasn't like like I was going up there as a reward. So the first day I get there, he's just like, "Hey, I'm going to a poker tournament tonight. Do you want to come?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's taught me a little bit about poker. I know enough to play. So I go, and it's at this dude's house, and the whole dude's basement is decked out, this huge man cave, um, and there's, like, two different poker tables plus a side poker table. So this is huge, um, and it's, like, a $50 buy-in. My dad pays for my buy-in, and I actually ended up winning that night. Wow. I, the only, like, big pot I've ever won, and then, like, and my dad even let me keep, he, like, he made me pay him his $50 back. But he let me keep the money and everything. But, like, I love playing poker. But it's, it's hard getting everyone together, especially, like, if you got buddies. Like, I work nights. So all my buddies that work mornings, it's hard for us to line up to go play. But, like, definitely, if you can get a couple of people together, have everyone throw in $10, you'll have a blast, man. It is so much fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, I never had, uh, I guess, the right people in my life or whatever, the types of people who are into that kind of thing, because unfortunately, no, that's one thing I never did. Really? I almost like was sure you would like you're the kind of guy that would be doing that, that would have those kind of setups. Yeah, it's it would seem like it would almost be at your place, too, even though you're not single. <laughs> yeah, I did have gatherings like that, but we did other stuff at when I had like people who came over on a regular basis, I was in a band and I, we used to do music together. So we never uh, did this. Which, what did you do in the band? I produced the songs. I played uh, guitar and wrote the lyrics and so everything I sang them. Okay. <laughs> other people did bass, another guitar, drums, um, and they wrote some. Some other guy wrote a few songs. What like, was the I name know, of the band? Uh, Tears and vomit. <laughs> yeah. That is punk rock as shit. Okay, uh, I was excited. I don't know. I picture Alex like music wise, like if he's in a band, it's it's definitely going to be a rock band. But I picture it more like uh, a metal, not like hair metal, but maybe like an ACDC metal, Guns N' Roses metal, not like punk rock. Like I don't see Alex going, "Hey guys, did y'all listen to that uh, Black Fact album? That was really good." TV Party Night. That's my jam, guys. Uh-huh. No, we were more of the uh, Smash of Pumpkins Nirvana age, so oh, we were okay. more influenced by that. Yeah. Who did you wear flannel? The, the other guitar guy did. I I never really did that much. Mm, interesting. I was curious because I've heard some of the stuff you've done musically before. Like I've heard like um, the rap, the thing. Yeah, the rap, but it wasn't rock. So I was just curious. I was like, oh, he was in a rock band. What did he do? <laughs> did you write any songs about the slasher killers of the world? Yeah. So. Uh, it's called they're gonna get you and uh it's on youtube i, I actually know that song i've heard it before white masks and butcher knives oh that's that song <laughs> i know that one how do you know that justin <laughs> i don't know how i know that but it, as soon as you said tears and vomit uh it, it reminded me of a of of that song i don't know if i if i just found it, it was on the skeleton you crew. or something it might have been that i don't know but uh, I've definitely heard that song. That's so cool. It's oh, actually God. pretty good, honestly. I like that song. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to find it. Don't worry. I'm not going to play it on this show, guys. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> they're like, we're not, we're not into horror. We don't want to hear about that. Anybody been to Gus's diner lately? <laughs> the new waitress. <laughs> yeah, like, what is she, man? Like 25? Yeah, it's Whoa. a great age. Just before their butts start to sag and they start wearing Reeboks. Better <laughs> dollar. She's perfect. <laughs> well, she's great, but she's not perfect. Her eyes are a little too close together. They're vacant enough, but they're not perfect. <laughs> Paracles, bets. Yeah, if you want a perfect woman, you gotta build her in your head. You know, it gives you something to do when you're making love to your wife. <laughs> I like that Connie Chung. <laughs> I like Connie Mack, too, but neither one have any place in this conversation. <laughs> now, for the perfect woman. Let's start out with the legs. Catherine Bach. I'd say Tina Turner. Uh, a little too muscular for me. Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah. Uh, okay, now let's talk tush. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Sigourney Weaver. Nope, nope, monster touched it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh. Okay, it's Hooter time. Jacqueline Bigset. A young Bridget Bardot. Ah. Now that's our perfect woman. Nope. Gotta have a brain. Wow. Wait, wait. <laughs> what do you guys feel about Jamie Lee Curtis getting so many props? I've never thought she was super hot. Like, she looked kind of hot in prom night. Well, you know, you know what they're doing it from, right? Because this is 87, I'm guessing. That Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, right? No. Oh, what is Trading it? Places. Trading Places. I don't know That's that. That's where she was topless. Oh, uh, uh, was that where she's standing in the room topless? Or? Yeah. Because okay. I know, that, didn't she do like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, like True Lies or something? Yeah. Yeah, and she was super hot there. Besides, like, that, but what actually bothers me, one of them says Sigourney Weaver's ass. And I'm, have you seen Alien? She doesn't have an ass. Like, I love Sigourney Weaver as an actress. She does not have an ass. I don't want to think about her ass. Both of those two actually fit in the same category as, uh, for me. And uh, it's the category of a lot of people think they're super hot, but I don't. Both like Jamie Lee and uh, Sigourney. You know who I have that with? that the world thinks is insanely hot, and I do not, I've never had an inkling of sexual drive or whatever to them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Cameron Diaz. No, she's okay. And especially the opening scene of the mask where they go up her legs and that skirt she got on and the dress. Oh, no, that that's hot. No, it's Angelina Jolie. I knew you was going to say Angelina Jolie for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't see... I think she's like a 5 out of 10. I don't get it at all. So, now, uh, this is a great joke. They have to pick a brain for the perfect woman that they're building, and they pick Vanna White's brain. Which, and... What is she, from Jeopardy? Uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, she, okay. She's the letter flipper. Yeah, she turns letters for a living. But she, she does have to focus on which side she has to go back to, because if she starts on the left, you have to keep on going all the way to the right, and if you come from the right, you got to go all the way back to the left side. Oof. So it does take a lot of brain power to remember what side you came from before you turn that letter. Mm. So she's not that stupid. Now, what, what's really interesting about it is that she actually comes on this show eventually. Really? 
So she must have missed this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Barney, uh, one of the guys at the table, and, you know, obviously you could tell that we are horror fans. And if anybody else who's listening is a horror fan, you'll recognize Barney. He is Harold from Friday the 13th Part 3. The opening scene with Harold and his wife when Jason uh, steals his clothes from the clothesline. Oh Holy shoot! Shit. I, I didn't, didn't even know. notice that, bro. Wow! I thought, like, I thought you were like when you first brought up that. I thought you were like, you know, because they brought up Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween and Gordon Weaver from Alien. I did not even realize that that dude is from Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Yep, that's Harold. Now, this one guy, which I thought either his acting is really bad or he's I thought he was lying to these guys they he said he has to go they say oh come on what he goes well uh nothing oh come on tell us all right well I gotta take my wife to the ballet like it it just reeks of either horrible <laughs> acting or he's completely lying like either I, I think it's just the bad acting Alex I think that that was really supposed to be what he was doing or he's secretly on the down low and he's going to go meet his boyfriend i'm gay i'm a homo i like guys <laughs> and his wife his wife thinks he's at the poker game so he does look a little sweet <laughs> I, don't, I don't i'm so i don't know uh no he, he does he looks like he uses like hair conditioner and, and... yeah he's definitely not the guy who who makes armpit farts that like i didn't laugh at the armpit joke the armpit fart thing at all? I looked at, I laughed at Steve looking at his arm trying to do it. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I laughed way harder at Steve trying to do it himself. Because yeah. just the idea of Steve doing it was hilarious to me. Right. Well, for two reasons you didn't laugh. One, it's a 30-year-old joke that is should belong 30 years ago. And even then, I'm not sure I would have laughed. But <laughs> but I, I don't... I guess as a, I think only as a child can you find that funny. So I'm actually surprised anybody at that table thought it was funny. But yeah, Steve definitely sold that one. Thank God. Uh, otherwise, it would just look like a, a terribly dated joke. Yeah. That we shouldn't even be laughing at anyway. So uh, Steve, uh, once this guy leaves for the quote-unquote ballet, <clears throat> secret boyfriend, Steve says he's going to get in the game because he has everyone pinned down, you know, Oh, come on. I can't believe you are losing to these guys. I've only been watching for an hour. I got the whole rhythm of the game down. What rhythm? It's pretty obvious. Look, you take Russ. Whenever he's got a bad hand, he shuffles his whole card as if he thinks it's going to change. Whenever Barney bluffs, he taps his chips. Dead giveaway. Norris, he never bluffs. He won't stay in the game unless he's got three of a kind. And you, Al, you stink. I thought that it was going to, the episode was going to go a completely different way than it actually ended up going. Right. I th- yeah, I thought everybody would hate him or something. Or You know where he messed up, though? He knew everyone's tales, but he didn't know Al's because he just thought Al was terrible. Yeah, he said, you stink. <laughs> and did, so, so Al can't beat the other guys, and Steve can beat the other guys, but Steve can't beat Al. So in yep. that scenario, Al gets to win. Yeah, how weird is that? He didn't pick up on Al's bluff. Wow. Uh, oh, but I'm going to bring this back up later in the episode. So I just wanted, I, that's why I had to say that. Okay, well, here's a weird thing. It didn't matter anyway because Steve had a tell, which was he would mouth his whole card. I don't know what whole card is, but so since he does that, Al sees his bluff or just got get enough, got enough information from his what he has that Al ends up 
winning. Uh, and I guess Steve informed Al of everyone's tell also. So now Al has complete advantage here. So he knows Steve's tell and now he knows everybody else's, which he apparently was uh, unaware of earlier. That's why he kept losing. So now Al is the master. He goes ahead. He wins $300. Are you okay? Come on, Steve. You had a good time. You met some good people. And you lost $300 to a good friend. <laughs> I don't know how much of that money is Steve's. I don't know if they're implying it's all Steve's. I really don't know. But the important thing to know is that that is Steve's share of the mortgage. Yeah, that, you're right. That's really weird because there were other guys in the game. So right. all the 300 should not be just Steve's. Right. That's, that's yeah, a big yeah, mess up. weird can't believe I lost my share of the mortgage payment. What am I going to tell Marcy? Steve, you're a man. Lie like a dog. <laughs> tell her you got mugged. We got jumped by four guys. I fought off three, but the little guy beat you silly and took your money. <laughs> you're enjoying this, aren't you, Al? Well, you're the one who had the rhythm of the game. <laughs> Was it my fault you couldn't stop mouthing your whole card? <laughs> I got to tell her the truth. I got no choice. Well, I wouldn't. I have to. She's going to ask. Here's what I do. I walk in the door. Before Peg can say a word, which means i got to be quick, I tell her how great she looks. Then if it's real rough, I grip my teeth and throw her a quick one. She's so grateful, she forgets what she's going to ask me. And even if she says something later on, I'm asleep. Would you give Steve his money back, even if you made an agreement like, all right, look, I, I see... You need this for mortgage, but I want you to give me $50 a week for the next six weeks. Would you arrange anything like that, or would you just stick to, whoa, whoa, it doesn't work like that? Al, I know this is something that isn't normally done, but I was wondering if you could kind of give me my money back. Wait a sec. This is over the line. Okay, how about this? Just loan it to me. You're just going to take it back to the poker game next week and lose it because you stink. I stink? I'll tell you what we'll do, Steve. You're real good with money. You know how to invest it and make it grow. How much was it you said you needed to find those opportunities other people miss? $300, Al. No, it was $5, Steve. Make it grow, buddy. This is how you treat me? This is how you treat a neighbor? This is how you treat a man who calls you friend? Yes, it is, Steve. Give me the five. Well, I honestly, honestly, if I was in that same situation, I would probably do some sort of arrangement like you just said, but I would lose 150% all respect for that man because that's just something you don't do in gambling. It's just, it's just, it's to even put somebody in a position like that, you're just a lame ass dude. So, <laughs> well, I, I actually agree with Justin, but. Here's my only thing. If it's someone that I play poker to, with a lot, then it changes again. With Steve, he was new. You know, if he loses it, I'm like, sorry, dude, you lost it. <laughs> now, if it's someone that I play with a lot, I might work out something. But if they ever ask me to do that again, I would be like, you're banned from the poker table. They shouldn't right. be playing if they can't afford it is my thing. Yeah. Yeah, why did Steve, why, how, did, how did it get to that point? You know? yeah, well, I mean, actually, how did it get to that point? So here's what I think. 
at some point did him and Al start throwing in more money into the pot than they should have? Like, because it doesn't make sense for all the three hundred dollars that Al won to be from Steve, because he specifically asks Peggy to get his three hundred dollars back. Right, and Al only has that much because the fishing rod was two seventy five. And I'm not going to say the big punchline at the end, but, you know, so let's just say that. Let's leave it at that. There's multiple ways that that outcome could happen. One, so, it could be to where uh, they don't play till, you know, one person wins it all and then everybody kind of cashes out. And then just because he's friends with Steve, it's like, well, you took $300 from that uh, night and I lost $300. So can I have $300? Or it could have been a situation in which, uh, you know, maybe Steve's ego got the best of him because he, he was looking at Al like, this guy's dumb. Like, I could totally, like, take all this guy's money. Like, how's he beating me? And so he everybody else kind of bowed out. And then they just kept ending up in these battles, you know, uh, you know, calling his bluff and shit like that. So I, I think but, it could have went one of those two ways. Yeah, maybe it's not all Steve's money, but all Steve knows is he lost three, Al has three that he didn't have before he walked in, so... Yeah, and he doesn't know, like, Rusty or whoever the guy was. Right. You know, Marcy's eventually gonna ask for his portion of the mortgage at $300. (laughs) I mean, their mortgage, and this is not unbelievable because an average mortgage now is 2,000 or a little over that, uh, 2,000 to 2,500, unless you buy, like, a way more expensive house, but the average like working person is about $2,000. So, uh, back then I could see 1987. Uh, it was probably, believe it or not, it's going to make you sick. It's probably, it's probably, uh, 600 to, uh, 600 to 1100, you know, for, for these types of people. That's all it was in 1987 to live. Cause I remember my parents bought their house in 1979, and I think it was like only $86,000 or something like that. Steve, I was worried about you. Did you have a good time? Well, you know, kind of, you know, considering. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm sure it was hard on you being the only one there with the strength not to gamble. Marcy, I have to tell you something. You look beautiful. More beautiful than I've ever seen you. Oh, Steve. Your lips are like wine, and I want to get drunk tonight. Badly. But, Steve, we need to finish our budget. Damn the budget. A man has needs. The way he distracts her from asking for this money is that he keeps having sex with Marcy. (laughs) You know, like, you're so beautiful. You know, and then they have wild sex and she kind of forgets the question that she just asked him. She always remembers maybe the next day or this time or that time. You know, Al's at the shoe store. He insults another woman. Steve comes in and he looks just exhausted we haven't seen him at the shoe store in a while i was excited to see that yeah yeah not since patsy so steve's pecker is uh he doesn't even know if it's gonna work anymore i mean she (laughs) is giving that thing a run for its money and he's the guy who they bragged she bragged about every 36 hours so the guy who could go every day and a half is even he is feeling this one 
Oh, yeah. It's just exhausting to uh, get out of uh, this whole ordeal by doing this. I mean, I'm sure it's fun for a while, but with Marcy, I don't think it's ever fun. But I guess if Steve married her, he must think it's fun. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's whatever. So Steve gave this whole speech before about how, before he lost all his money, of course, how uh, people are just bad with money. He's way above that. And he could take $5 and turn it into a fortune. So... So he goes, okay, here's $5, buddy. Make it a million or whatever Steve said he could do. <laughs> so he gives him $5. Which is pretty crazy that he even gave him $5. Yeah, it's very sarcastic. And it's it's very, it's actually a very um, uh, passive aggressive thing. Uh-huh. When you, when you think about it, like, oh, so dude, you talk so much crap. Uh, here, big mouth. Now that you're, you know, on the balls of your ass, here's $5. Go do your magic, big guy. Like, the, the way you were talking down to me earlier, and now you're here coming to me for money. So here you go. So it's kind of actually, like, pretty passive-aggressive, but... Yeah, it doesn't make you, like, hate him or anything. No, it's just, it's a good callback in a way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, good. It's almost like, good, hey, so you talk so much, so prove what you were saying before, or, or you all just talk. Of course, Steve is so stupid that a homeless guy comes in, asking for money and steve gives him the only five dollars that al just gave him to the homeless guy and of course there's a payoff with that not only how stupid steve is but the homeless guy eventually walks past the store (laughs) with a hooker a five dollar (laughs) hooker you know what for a five dollar prostitute she looked really good that must have been like that had to be for like what a handy there's no way he was getting more than a handy that's what i was thinking yeah, because at first I was like, maybe he wasn't a bum, but when Steve leaves, all the other bums chase him, and I was like, okay, yeah, he's a bum, because they all know now he's just getting himself a handy. That's good tale for $5, man. How did y'all yeah. like uh, the uh, the lady who Al was helping when she was like, I want something that matches this dress, and he, he makes the cauldron joke, calling her a witch, and her response doesn't even match. She's just like, oh, well, you've got a lot of nerve and says it with like kind of a smirk. <laughs> but then he goes, I need a lot of nerve to touch your feet. And she is pissed off and walks yeah. out with leaving the shoe behind. She walks out with one shoe on. She's yeah. Still, like, yeah. Because she's like limping. Like it looks like she's limping, but it's because one foot's raised. Yeah. yeah which she's means walking like a pirate with one peg leg. She was either so mad she left her other shoe in there. Or, or she stole one. Or shoe. she stole one shoe and left both her, uh, both the uh, shoes that she had on behind. Yeah, I don't think I was making commission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, how'd you do tonight? Blues as usual. Yeah. <laughs> oh darn. <laughs> now you won't be able to buy that beautiful fishing pole you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> When will I ever learn? <laughs> Do you think that Al is actually winning a lot at poker and doesn't tell his wife? I think he probably loses a lot, but I think he just doesn't tell her when he wins either. So it just seems yeah, like he always loses. Because Peggy's like, you will never, You're. Ugh, I can't believe you. And he's with a smile on his face. He's just like, when will I ever learn? Which made me think that that wasn't him just saying it's that time that he does this a lot. You know, like I can't give insight on whether or not he does it a lot, but I know the one thing, like the whole thing behind that is it doesn't really matter how people view you. 
What's important was what you know about yourself. Damn, she just got deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's really insightful for life. I mean, it really encapsulates what we should all, you know, just like that. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows what's really going on. Only you know yourself. And and it, it's great that, you know, no matter how stupid you look, and it doesn't matter because you know the truth. And Al's sitting on 300 bucks that Peg knows nothing about. So she could say, boy, you're a buffoon. Boy, this, boy, that. And he's like, uh-huh, sure, honey. I'll never learn. That was a, a perfect Al uh-huh, by the way. <laughs> that was spot on. And by the way, Peg Peg's cooking a steak. So, guys, don't get too used to seeing that because, uh, yeah. Because she feeds uh, it to the dog. Yeah, she, well, yeah, for one, she feeds it to the dog. Um, but, yeah, she's cooking a steak for Al, which is so bizarre. When Once you're in season, like, five, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I don't, that's so crazy. But, uh, so, Steve is just hanging out there, sitting at their kitchen table, uh, and she's like, is there a reason you're here? Or are you going home or <laughs> you know, something? What, what is, oh, he says he's as happy as a duck in orange sauce. Well, that's when you eat. So a duck is happy to be being eaten. Uh, that That's, I don't know because I'm like, okay, a duck in orange well, sauce. Well, he's saying that's that he's Chinese not happy. Oh, he's saying he's, 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 being sar- he's being sarcastic. I'm so dumb. Oh my God. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I thought Steve was just weird. See, I thought it was like, because earlier he said, if you want to save money, save money. And I thought that was dumb until Alex explained it. And so I just assumed that this was, he just has a lot of uh, euthanisms that were just dumb, that didn't work. Almost like the, the bartender in Boondock Saints, like always mixes them up. Like, I thought it was something similar to that going on. And and apparently no, I I I just did not understand his first one, and I didn't understand this one. <laughs> uh oh, you and Steve aren't connecting like you used to. <laughs> you know, I was so proud of Steve last episode. Like I gave him Jerry points, but I'm taking all those Jerry points back. But he's crying like a little bitch in this episode. Steve, you're my dude. And you're this is the me. least manly Steve. <laughs> this is not the Steve I want to see, guys. He's actually on a decline if you consider the whole last episode and then this one. Yeah, I yeah. know it's so depressing to me. Yep, he really is on the decline, Steve. I uh, I don't know what you're doing. Hopefully, you bounce back, buddy. I lost my paycheck to Al in the poker game. <laughs> he won't give it back. Marcy's gonna kill me if she hasn't already. <laughs> How much did he win? Three hundred dollars. Oh. I haven't had a new bra for two years. <laughs> and that baboon is sitting on 300 bucks. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell Marcy. It's, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You go tell Marcy and then bring her over here. Al will be home soon. And believe me, you'll get your money back. I'll see to that. Really? Oh, oh, thank you, Peggy. Thank you. So he cries to Peg. That's the lowest thing you could do. You know, you ask the man. You, I can't say you... you Went up to him like a real man and just asked him because doing that makes you not a man. But yeah, and he, he did do that. It didn't work. He went and told his wife. Right. So then you go to the wife, dude? Like, you almost are going to force Al to do this by by making him endure the wrath of his wife? And here's the other thing. You know, Steve brought up how good he is at saving. Why does he not have any money saved up that if he lost his $300, shouldn't he have, like, I don't know, $200 saved yeah, up I, I savings was... to replace this in my head, I was thinking like, 
Okay, $300 is obviously a lot of money. You know, it's nothing to sneeze at, obviously. But he seemed like the type of guy who, like, that would – he would be okay if he got robbed for $300 or something. You know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't – wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, it is really weird that this is, like, the end-all, be-all 300 bucks on him. Yeah, it just – to me, it seems like he would have this kind of money put aside. And maybe he's afraid that if he uses that money – that Marcy's going to know about it. and yeah, it's missing from an account. Well, here's the weird thing. He is a bank teller, which is a lesser job than... Yeah, he just takes a quarter from each roll and... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, that was great. He was <laughs> contemplating how he could do uh... it. But here's the thing. Now let's put it in perspective. That's really $1,000 today. So could you guys lose 1000 and and still pay your rent or mortgage. I don't know what you guys got, but could you still? I, that bum would be giving me five dollars to go behind a Kmart right now. I'd be screwed. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd be. I'd be hurting, but I mean, I, I'd figure it out. I, I would make up an excuse like I got robbed or something. I, I wouldn't go cry. I can sell make- stuff. If I need a thousand dollars right now, I can I can make a thousand dollars right now selling stuff. So could I? So could I, Mark? With, just with my collection, I know you got fucking uh, box NES stuff, don't you? So. <laughs> oh yeah, I, little Samson cart only is going for like nine hundred dollars right now. I can just sell that and and be and get almost a thousand dollars right there. Uh, you know, Jerry, I would like to hang out at your house one night this week if you uh, are free. Yeah, come over. I got this really good Kool-Aid. I just got my Cosby sweater out the cleaners. Oh, God. Uh, Never mind. I'm good. I'm busy. I've got this very succulent ham. Um, No, but but we've seen Steve's house. There's nothing he's going to be able to sell in that to make up that (laughs) kind of money because all the nice stuff just got flushed down a toilet and or is his wife's. Or it's, it's in Buck's mouth. Yeah, ours in Buck's mouth. Like, so what does Steve spend his money on besides his sweaters that look overpriced? But you would think he at least he would at least be like, I got robbed. In fact, doesn't and Al tells him to say that. Al says, "You got robbed. I beat up three of them, but the little guy beat you up." Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he doesn't try to be more resourceful with his brains and excuses. I don't know why he's copping to this so easily, but. That's just uh, another cowardice move that you're not you don't have the balls enough to like uh, try to be uh, you know conniving about it. You know I don't I don't know. It's so funny because in the last episode we had the same we had a similar situation where the uh, Steve and Marcy try to show themselves as smarter than Al and Peggy, and then we see things like this that show you know what maybe they're not as smart as they think they are. Like maybe they don't they're still new to the newlywed life game and, and Al and Peggy have this down packed. Well, Absolutely. Even how green he is, I mean I guess he knew how to play poker, so that was a plus, but he he definitely have has not been in the atmosphere of hanging out with the guys every Friday, this and that. I mean I guess he took his knowledge from when he used to be a man and applied it to this <laughs> night, but when you do this every Friday, and then you got this guy, oh yeah, it's, it's like saying, you know, oh yeah, I used to, uh, you didn't even realize that he completely handed the advantage to Al, like I said before. Not only did he tell Al everyone's bluff, but he didn't know Al's, and then Al figured his out. You know, he didn't even realize that, because he's too green, and he's too, he, he's not street enough, and Al has street smarts, and he has nothing. So, uh, it, that's how it works. 
for some married with children, words of wisdom. Press button A for Eastern philosophy. Press B for last night's basketball scores. Press C if you like your own personalized videotape of you pressing C. You have pressed A, heavy Eastern philosophy. Now, can you please tell me what a woman's body has to do with selling beer? All right. Number one. If it wasn't for beer, there'd be at least three people who probably wouldn't even be married. Me. Jim, and probably uh, Lisa Marie Presley. And number two, since men buy beer, advertisers have to cater to what we want. And Hold on to your corncob pipe. We like pretty women. Ergo, pretty women sell good products. Ugly women sell tennis rackets. Pretty women cars. Ugly women minivans. Pretty women make us buy beer. Ugly women make us drink beer. So, you lost again at poker, huh, Al? So. I can buy a new bra when we can afford it, huh, Al? Enjoy Daddy's dinner. Hey, what's for supper? Al, Steve told me that you won his money in the poker game. You cannot keep the money. Where did this rule come from? When I lose, I lose. You don't play cards and then sit down, and when it's finished, you say, hey, 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 give me my money back. That's no fun. If that's the way it worked, I may as well stay home with you. You know, it's bad enough that you lied to me about winning the money. But, Al, these are the only friends I've got. I like having people to talk to. You know, people that will come over to the house even though you're here. <laughs> that makes them special, Al. Now, I want you to give him back his money from me. I can't. I spent it. Oh, Al, you are the lowest. Now, what did you waste that money on? Al... You know, he knows Peg, and he knows Steve. He knows Steve enough that he figured out that Steve will be desperate enough to eventually go as sink as low as going to Al's wife about this. Somehow, Al could tell. And he uh, did a preemptive strike. He went to, like, today, probably Walmart, and went to the... You know the, how they sell jewelry at Walmart? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would ever buy jewelry at Walmart? Like, you know that your wife or girlfriend's going to hate it. Yeah. He went there and got a cheap, like, necklace or something like that and presented it to Peg as if this is what I spent that $300 on. This is how much you mean to me and I wanted to do something for you. I got you this. <laughs> oh, Al. It's beautiful. I, I love it. Oh, I don't deserve this. I felt kind of bad about not ever getting you anything. Oh, you are the sweetest <laughs> man in the whole world. 
old. Now, honey, I'm just going to go upstairs and try this on, and then I'll come make you a nice, juicy steak, just like the dog had. Oh, my God. Forget Steve doesn't exist. Yep. <laughs> At this point, Steve said, okay, I'll be back to collect the money once Al gets home. Uh, because Mar- uh, Peg said, you absolutely will get your money back. And he's like, yes. So he thinks that she's giving it to him and he's going to get his money back while this is happening. So she's floored. She goes upstairs. She wants to see herself in the mirror. She's in love. <laughs> oh, it's priceless, Al. No, it was 15 bucks. <laughs> but you, my love, were 275 Hank, I'll be down in the basement. Okay, honey. And this fishing rod was 275 Yeah. <laughs> you add those together with the $5 he gave Steve and then the $5 in taxes he paid for those stuff, and that's $300 exactly. Wow. That's good. See? That's why you're in sales. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you better get that money back. All taken care of. Al? Peggy? (laughs) (laughs) Guys? It's me. Where's our money, Stephen? Parsi, you look beautiful. (laughs) Marcy and Steve come over and start banging on the door. We get a really nice view of uh, the front door of Al's house. What do you not see there, Alex? Uh, Christmas lights. Yep, you do not see Christmas lights. <laughs> On that window, they are there. There's none. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, he finally got around to it, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> I guess he doesn't leave them on all year and just turn them on. <laughs> yeah, that's the greatest payoff. You. It's almost like you forget that. You know, you're so consumed with Al doing this and then wondering if he really bought it. And then once he gives the reveal that it was 15 bucks and Peg's reaction and he got his rod he always wanted for the fishing rod, that it's just a great payoff. Well, then you get the real payoff of Steve coming back over. So you're going to give me that money, right? And then Marcy's there and she knows that what everything that went down and she's furious and he's knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, and no one's answering it because Peg's upstairs, Al's in the basement. Bam, end of the episode. Perfect ending. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. There you can send them audio clips telling them what you think of the show, or you can send in a clip talking about a future episode they will be reviewing. Any clips you send may be played on a future show. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. 
All right, guys, how many chips are we throwing in the pot for this episode out of five chips? How many chips do we rate this episode, the poker game, Justin? Uh, I actually really like this episode uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, I, for, for one, I just really like the camaraderie of the bros hanging out, the dudes hanging out, watching, uh, you know, playing some poker and stuff. And then it, it felt like this episode just played out great for Al like the entire time, like he was never in any trouble or like he was never like frustrated or or nothing was really bad happening to him. And he just was like, he was just winning the whole episode. And I like when that happens. And it was like Steve who was squirming around and and trying to get things uh, done. Uh, I, I really, I really like this episode. I give it four poker chips out of five. Now, Alex, do you feel because you and I are so used to Al losing that we just didn't even notice that? And because Justin's new to the show, that he caught that? Yeah, because I did not even think about that. It's finally the episode he didn't get slapped in the face by life. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't notice a single thing, like, at all. Like, he just, like, even the lady who got mad at him at the store... Didn't even just left. Didn't like complain or anything. Like nothing bad happened to Al. He didn't have to have sex with his wife. He didn't have to give his kids money. Nothing. Fishing pole that he wanted, and it didn't even really cost him anything. (laughs) Hey, speaking of the kids, were the kids in this episode? No, the kids. No, the kids are not in this episode at all. I remember looking on IMDb and I looked at the characters or whatever. And I remember seeing that the kids had one less episode than uh, Alan Pegg, and I always wondered what that was. Oh, maybe it's this episode. Yeah, well, it, it says on the little um, description that I uh, was telling Alex about, it, it says that uh, Christina Applegate and David Faustino do not appear in this episode. Huh. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, Jerry, I think that is... That must be it. We're so sometimes we're caught up in the the flow and the routine and the the whole kind of vibe of the show and what usually goes down. That man, I guess we sometimes miss the curveballs. You know, uh, we we missed. I don't even know how I I mentioned the kids not being it. We didn't even talk about that. So I forgot what was said. Oh, he said that he didn't have to give the kids money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have to give his kids any money. We all missed that, and we all except for Justin missed Al. Wins the episode. <laughs> Scott Free got out of it. That's all. Oh, that helps me out so much, actually. Okay. So originally, I was giving four and a half poker chips into the pot. Wow. I wanted to give it a five. I really wanted to, but I could not. I said early in an early episode, I'm only going to give a five to sh- episodes that I feel do something so amazing, so classic, so introducing something that sticks around forever. And you know what? I think I'm, I'm bumping this up to a five just because Al did not get hit in the face. It, originally, this was a four because my boy Steve really let me down, <laughs> you know. But then I was like, but you know what? It's so it's such a I will. Oh, this might be like. My second favorite episode so far with my first one being the 16-year anniversary one because I li- I really like the ending to that one. But, like, this will be an episode I will always – this will be – I think this will be in my top ten episodes of all time. Wow. It, it was really – it had one of the best openings of any episode with just one-liner after one-liner after one-liner. 
it was, I loved the poker talk. I love the guy. I'm a big poker fan. I love the guy talk. I love the parallel of that and the girl talk. I loved, um, even though Steve acted like a little bitch, I loved like the scene where uh, Steve looks, is, is confronted by his wife about, we got to go do the budget. And he looks at Al, then looks back at her and lies straight to her face with the whole, you look so beautiful. <laughs> and he's just, and she's like, well, what about the budget? And he's like, screw the budget. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was just very classic to me. I really, really liked that. And I thought this episode is a nice change of pace because one, it's actually focused on someone besides Alan Pecky. And we actually get to go outside of Al's house to the the shoe store. But most importantly, we get the poker. Yeah, Russ's house. Yeah, we get Russ's house. I thought that was fun. So you know what? Five out of five poker chips. I'm all in. I'm not bluffing. Call my bet. I dare you. <laughs> Damn. Wow, that was a good way to put it all. I love things like this. I love, uh, as I explained in the last episode, I love parties on shows like this. I like when everybody gets together. Uh, that stuff is great to me. I love atmosphere. I love new scenery. Uh, whenever they go somewhere different, that is very uh, nostalgic or 80s or whatever. Uh, just the vibe. Uh, this was a great one with all the guys. It was just as cool as the the party last episode with the kids and you get some great dialogue like building the perfect woman and we knew everybody they were talking about and how cool is that we knew everyone they were talking about 30 years later yeah that is cool man <laughs> right how crazy so uh that's i mean that's just awesome and it, it, it makes it feel timeless in a way and it makes us so, feel so ahead of its time and like we said you know uh it, a lot of uh, interesting things came out of this episode, and Steve just totally, uh, God, he just showed the worst uh, element of his personality and all that kind of stuff. And it's cool to see Steve like that because Steve always portrays himself as better than Al, smarter than Al, this than Al, that than Al, even to the point where in this episode he talks like he could turn five bucks into this and everybody else is an idiot. And so to see Steve at his weakest is actually very interesting and it's a new angle on his character so now we get to see that steve is not the uh oh so confident invincible guy he likes to portray you know he thinks he's younger than al and he's he's way ahead of the game and nope he's just uh even to the point where we find out he's a bank teller there's a lot of things about this episode that expose steve not being so amazing as he portrays and he even admits it by saying you know i'm starting here and eventually i'm gonna own the bank or whatever be manager whatever promotion it's really great that this exposed a lot of that kind of thing which uh you know we all sort of knew was there al certainly knows it's there that's why he didn't give him any guy code in the last episode about the the come and go motel yeah there, it's just so much so many elements that all make sense and it all ties in really well so I give this one, I'm going to throw in four chips out of five. I really like this episode, and it's a great uh, a great addition to the show. Another strong episode. I'm just going to say real quick, first season, man, I think it's kicking ass. It's We're eight episodes into this. We hope you're loving the show. Uh, we certainly love doing it, and we really we hope we're bringing the show to life for you guys and just exploring it the way it should be. 
because uh, we're all very passionate. Yeah, definitely follow along because that, that's the way to do it. Watch the episode, then listen to us talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I play enough clips, and, and the way we go, we walk through it, so we, we try to make it very comprehensive. We we try to make it so you don't have to have seen it, and it could be a vague memory of yours, and with the clips and us, it you should still be way into it and follow along just per you'll, you'll never feel lost. But there's nothing better than just watching it. So guys, go out. The whole series from season 1 to 11 is only like $26. Yeah, and it's only like 23 minutes that you're dedicating a week. And you're going to love all 23 minutes of it. Right. Yeah. It's like trying to convince you to just do the the thing that the easiest thing in the world that you love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like... You know, like, it's literally like, you know, when you come home and you've got dinner made and you're ready to sit down for dinner and sometimes you don't want to watch a movie because you're like, I'm going to finish my meal in the first 30 minutes and then still have to sit through the movie. Well, watch Married with Children. That's what I like to do. I almost eat every time I watch this. I used to do that. Well, this this show was a, a regular dinner thing. I literally, at the time, I already had the DVDs. This was 2008. I used to not have dinner without Married with Children playing. And it was great. I loved it, man. What a great time. I think I want to do it again. Just because now that we're really into the show, yeah. That's how I, like, a lot of time, my first watch of an episode, uh, we'll come home from work and we'll make our food. We'll come upstairs and uh, we'll put on an episode with Married with Children. And that's what we'll watch while we eat. Perfect. Love it. So, uh, guys, make sure you tune in next week. We are here every Friday. We head to the Jiggly Room. That's where we do our show live every Friday night. And next week, episode nine, it is Peggy Sue Got Work. To get money to purchase a new VCR that Al won't buy her, Peg takes a job in a department store selling clocks, which takes the fun out of the Bundy marriage as a result of her absence. And Kelly and Bud get stuck with Al for the evenings. So that's going to be interesting. Peg finally gets a job. That is, uh, that's going to be a landmark episode. It might be the only time she does anything. (laughs) Besides watch Oprah and eat bonbons. Yeah. Don't want to miss that one. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go tell my fiance that her lips taste like wine and I'm trying to get drunk tonight because I just really want to see if this line's going to work. Wow, man. That's a, that's a plan, dude. Well, I got to go anyway because I'm going to go build the perfect woman. I, I saw Al had some power tools in his garage. So, Wait, Justin, what are you running out of here for? What are you doing? Uh, I, I got to go take candy to a ballet. Oh, yeah? (laughs) When did Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 become a musical?